All right. Welcome back to the Evolution Podcast. And I'm doing another interview. So I feel like I went from doing none to now I'm getting to practice. And that's been fun. But I have with me uh, Carrie Azuma who is one of my loves. And we were introduced by another love that we share together, our dear friend, Brie. Mm-hmm. And she introduced us. And I've been working with Carrie for like two years now, I feel like. We've been maybe longer. Yeah. Okay. Time gets lost in there. Yeah. And so Carrie is a leadership coach and she's nervous system informed in a way that when we say nervous system informed, she, she means it. She's not, uh, she's here for the real, the real depth. I'm a dabbler. I'm here not for a dabbler. <laughs> a deep diver. And yeah, she studied, you've studied leadership and somatics for like 12 years. Yeah. 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 I had settled into this industry and the first, the first thing I studied was, um, somatic leadership. So yeah. Embodied leadership is really how my my mentor at the time, Scott Cody, he was my um, teacher at the time, um, and he kind of came from the school of semantics from Strozzi, yeah, yeah, which was Strozzi Heckler. Um, but yeah, I studied under him for about four years and just fell in love with embodiment and somatics. And oh my God, even now that has like a whole nother meaning to me, but that was my introduction. That was sort of my, you know, my getting my feet wet. And, um, and yeah, my, I worked with and studied under and coached with, um, other coaches and leaders in the industry since then, um, and have really been through the whole, like, growth roller coaster of the coaching industry, like watching all of the different um, yeah. fads and waves and yeah, just all the ways in which it's exploded and changed and all of the things. And, and so it's really been incredible to kind of evolve, you know, for lack of a better word, um, evolve into um, where I think so many people are curious right now, which is the nervous system, mm-hmm. but really finding, you know, this way in which you have expressed it and in your your vision um to really go into the deeper root and the the understanding of the subconscious and and the neural pathways and how it all connects um through through story through body through spirit through all of the different ways in which we experience a threat and reaction and survival and life and just you know all of the juicy things that we work in this industry for (laughs) well I'm gonna kind of throw two balls at you and you can catch whichever one you okay. want. So to kind of two things that are dropping in for me is one, I, I find the path that you came into this work to be so powerful because you came knowing that you wanted to deepen your leadership and to really root some of these concepts, but you chose to start with your personal development first. So we did, uh, we worked together before you trained. Mm-hmm. And I am curious about your pathway in in that and what that's brought to you, because I know that there's been times like through evolution where you're like, oh my God, thank goodness I did this work (laughs) with myself first. And I think in evolution, we, we definitely, we, we try and keep the focus on self-learning first, but I'm just curious about your journey with that. And also I know that you are, you're so in love with leadership and that it's so important to you and that it's not just something that you do and and teach, but that's something that you live and study. And I'm really curious about what you're noticing in these trends of leadership and why the nervous system has become so essential for us to work with in the leadership world. 
Those are two incredibly juicy questions. You're making me <laughs> Well, also, why don't I start with the first one? Okay. Because, um, yeah, we talk about leadership. It's going to be a long conversation. <laughs> um, well, I think, you know, just like how humans are all incredibly subjective people based on their history, right? It, for me, I've always been the kind of learner who I have to experience it. I have to, like, go through it. I have to do it to understand it and get my hands really dirty. And so yeah. just for the sake of my learning, I am so grateful that you and I really got to dive in on a personal level. And, you know, the inspiration that I had to work with the nervous system came purely through life experience and intuition. It was, you know, during a time that I'd taken a, a, about two years off of coaching. And before I was coaching, I was coaching, or before I took the break, I was coaching mothers in leadership. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I actually had like instinctively ended that chapter, I thought for logistical reasons, but there was something deeper that was like, I am overriding these women. I didn't have a name for it yet. I didn't right. know what I was doing, but I was like, I see them getting more powerful in their outer life. And yet they're, they're stressed and they're mm-hmm. still like coping but they're doing great. (laughs) And I was feeling like out of integrity, but I couldn't place why I didn't have a language yet for all of this. And then I stayed home for two years with my children. (laughs) And then I was like, Oh, clarity. It's the nervous system. My nervous system is ravaged because my biggest edge was being at home with my kids. You know, like I think actually a lot of my business of working with mothers was a flight response for a very long time of, of like, I need to find a way to have, a, you know, a, a collectively accepted reason to not be around my kids all day, mm-hmm. because that's how I was hiding from all of my threat in that domain. That's always been sort of the stickiest part of my life is like how I mother. And so when I stayed home for two years and took that on, it just, it was such a beautiful storm because, you know, I loved actually being home with my kids. It was really nourishing but also there was a really big rumble inside of me yeah. that was like, I am scared to be here. <laughs> like it's hard work for me to be here. I feel like I'm constantly surviving. And what I didn't realize is that I hadn't really healed all of the survival um, trauma that came up when I had my son. Yeah. And so when I was thinking, I want to go back into coaching, I didn't want to just go back into my career and just get back, you know, jump back in the seat. I really was like, grief and the nervous system. There was something about both of those things that were encompassing my world. And mm-hmm. I, I was just like, I, I want to teach this, but I don't know where to look. I don't know who teaches this. Mm-hmm. And then my friend Bree, who had just been waiting on the sidelines for me to come back into coaching because we were, I was like, one day we're going to work together. And uh, we were talking, I was talking about coming back in. And she said, if you want to work with the nervous system, Alicia Halpin is your lady. <laughs> She's like, you have to meet this woman. And I was like, okay, you know, and I was kind of in the space of like just bringing in ideas and I kind of put it aside. And then there was this moment where I was like, I really, this is it. Like I need to support my nervous system. I was living in community at the time. I was so deep in what I now know are fawning responses where I was just giving up my needs and acquiescing and living on fear and like walking on eggshells in certain ways because I just couldn't find my own power in that situation. And I was taking it out on my kids and I was just really tired of that loop. And so I knew I needed to, I knew I needed healing there and there was no way around that. If I was going to teach this or if I was eventually going to incorporate this in my work, 
I knew like, there's no way I can do that if I have, if this living, you know, so strongly in me. And so the love affair began that I actually messaged you and, (laughs) and set up a little commune and chat. And I remember, I remember when I was speaking to you about just my instincts of like, there's something that's happening here. And then you started talking about the work you do and the theories and all. And I was like, oh my God, this woman just put words to everything I've been thinking and feeling these last, like this last whole year that I had language for. And then I was like, whatever, whatever it takes, we're working together. And then we did. (laughs) So that was, and it was incredibly, incredibly transformative, just like to be working in such a different way than I'd ever worked with any coaches before. Mm. Um, And yeah, and and the rest is history kind of, I don't know, way to take it from there. I think, I think that when I, when I went to evolution, what was so special about being in evolution after that experience is that everything you taught in evolution was sort of the context of everything I experienced while we worked together. Yes. So it anchored the information in a way where it was like, oh my God, these, all of these webs and these threads that we pulled, you know, and the webs that we created are all now almost becoming a, like, I'm seeing the science of it. Yeah. And so it made so much sense of how I got to where I got and what the work I was still doing with you. And yeah. so it just integrated it in this really beautiful way. It was a perfect compliment. And I think it would work in the inverse too. It just Absolutely. To learn. Right? Absolutely. And I, and I think, you know, even if you, even in just in evolution, everyone who did evolution without doing kind of a big one-to-one deep dive with me beforehand really starts with applying the work to themselves. Right. Because I think that what we know, and I think what one of the things that I love so much about your work and why I trust you so much is that you stay in integrity with your work because you live it, right? And that's something that I think really draws us, like has drawn you and I together is like that place where we have witnessed what happens when people aren't in integrity with what they're leading. Yes. Yeah. Right. And like for you, you know, like your unwillingness to take people to places that you haven't gone and you're, and also like, because you're so dedicated to your work where you're like, okay, I'll stay and look at this piece because I want, you know, so I just, I think like that tenacity, I really like, it just makes me trust the integrity with which you lead. And, and when you guide someone into a place where you're like, yeah, this might be a little gnarly, but I know that we can do it like, and I can hold you and I can sit here with you as long as we need to, to stare at it. And I think that if you hadn't gone through your initiations, the way you had like that, that ability that you have to see and stay is like, that isn't, that's not the norm. And that's not what gets taught in coach training. Right. And, and I think that that's one of the, like the beautiful things of you that you've brought, um, to the work and to the way that you choose to lead people. Well, thank you. Yeah. 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 And I, I will say too, that this work has really expanded that for me yeah. because I yeah. definitely, I think the pain of, of having experienced at certain times in my career, like what happens when I just take the work and run right to deliver it instead yeah. of it, it really like, it's, it's not great for, for the people I'm serving, but it's also right. not great for me <laughs> yeah. because I feel it, it's like, that's puts me in so much survival, mm-hmm. right? Because stakes are so high for me 
to be um, a guru so that I have all the answers when I'm search when I'm getting those answers from some some ungrounded, unintegrated place. Yeah. And then I'm just gripping to like make sure that I'm actually delivering what people said they needed versus yeah. being in the experiment myself and giving the sovereignty and the and the power back to my clients. Yeah. It has deepened so much with this work because yeah. we're playing so much in the conversation of survival, right? And I, I never realized how much survival was wrapped up and how I need to show up. So my leadership has completely evolved yeah. through this. And that's why I love it so much. Because Yeah, like- me as well. I mean, we were just, we were on a call earlier today, um, an evolution integration call. And, you know, we were talking about some of those pieces where we're, we're repatterning the coercion that we were taught, the manipulations that we were taught, the survivals that we were taught, you know? And I think for me as well, like recognizing that working through the nervous system has allowed me to trust other people to be on their journey without me imposing my survival patterns, which my survival patterns, like yours, we're like, go faster. Or do more. I think we bonded so quickly. Totally. <laughs> You know, like give me everything right away. Go. (laughs) Totally. totally. I like recognizing like, like, oh, that's not necessarily wisdom. That's not necessarily gonna speed of wisdom. (laughs) I was real fast. Go ahead. Do you notice that I've slowed down? And he's like, well, it always take a long time. And I'm like, I'm not talking about getting ready. I know I'm always slow at that. But like, I'm like, I guess you can't see it because I feel it. I yeah. feel like I have slowed down so much and it's just like my internal gauge for pace has really shifted. Yeah. And that's like something you can't advertise, right? Like, just so you know, this work shifts your internal pacing at an alarming rate. <laughs> oh, great. get that on the sales page, isn't it? <laughs> Anyway, I think you're going to ask another question. Well, I was, I was going to say, so I was, two things are coming up. So I wanted to say, like, can we out what you are in the burnout types? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, put my heart on my sleeve. You can dive in. So you're a short fuse system. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, but why I was going to out that was I, one of the things I think, not just in terms of internal pacing, that's really shifted um, over the last few years with you is how you make decisions and why you make decisions. Mm. And I think that is related to that short fuse piece. And so I'm just curious from your own perspective, what you experience differently now when you're like faced with this decision or choices or you're looking at like, what are you going to do in your business or how are you going to put something out? Like what's really shifted for you in that? Mm, great question. Yeah. It's um a, a much more like exclamation point awareness of my <laughs> readiness. Mm. You know, it's so interesting because many, many moons ago when I was mentoring under Scott Cody, he was, he said something like um, excitement is not sustainable. Mm. And I took that. I was like, oh, I love that. I love that. That's cool. Yeah. I'm going to tell everyone that I'm going to spout it off. <laughs> I'm like now I'm like, Oh, oh. <laughs> now Alicia has actually contextualized how that shows up in my life. And now I get it. <laughs> and you've said this to me too. It's like, you're so awesome. Cause you get so excited and you're so, you're such an activator. Like I'm going to go do this thing. <laughs> and I thought that was just like, 
great leadership, but I didn't see like the sneaky way in which it was stressing me the fuck out. Right. Like I, I was so stressed and I didn't see it. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, that's just my excitement. And you know, in the coaching industry, it's like live into your bliss, live into your excitement where your highest excitement is. That's where you should follow. And I'm not saying that's wrong. Right. The level two that my nervous system gets jacked up. Right. To, like meet that excitement. It yeah. has to be moving quicker than the pace of creation. Right. And there's a and- sense of creation. Mm-hmm. And as a short fuse, right? So it's like that fuse to where that excitement can take you is pretty short, yeah. right? So it's like, it's the same pathway that the fear follows, right? So it's uh, like, yeah. oh, I can only burn that bright for so long, right? Mm-hmm. So I love that he said that to you so long ago. And then this whole time has been like walking it out to like, wait, what's that mean? I was just yeah. saying to someone, yeah. when it's a, the advanced work, when we're like, wait, I love that. What, what does that mean? You know, it's like, I love myself. Wait, how do I do that? <laughs> it's like, we stop just like, we start filling in these blanks where we're like that that's true. And also what, what? Right. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's kind of, it, and it does. And I think that was really sabotaging my work a lot because, um, there, because, because of the pattern, right. Cause when in this mm-hmm. work, work in rhythms, like watching the rhythms, not just like what we do and what the outcome is like on a visceral or an, I'm sorry, on a cognitive level, but like, what are the actual rhythms that you get pulled into? And that is such a different and more profound question than what are the actions you take and what's the cost? And right. it's actually more profound to look at, okay, wh- how do those patterns swing your body mm-hmm. into a specific state of being? Oops, sorry. Um, and then I think the fears I had when I would create something, it was like, oh, now I have to keep that intensity for the whole ride. Exactly. And then I would go, okay, now I'm going to collapse and hide under my bed because I don't want to do that. Right. But but then I didn't believe that I could do, that I could start it without that big ignition. And so now coming back to your question of like, how do I make decisions? It's like, okay, so I'm excited about this. Can I, do I actually have the capacity to put it down and, and look at it and like get, like you said, get my team together, my inner team, that is like all of my right. little people in my head yeah. <laughs> um, to actually sit around it, you know, circle up around the fire and be like, okay, so here's this thing. How does that serve our timing? How does that serve where I'm at with Jetty and the kids? How does that serve, um, you know, the financial needs of our, of our situation? How does it, how does it feed my creativity? Is this the time? Mm-hmm. Is it season? you know? And so that's, that's been cool. It's just like really looking at how, what needs to emerge in what season. And and I know you were somebody who really taught me about working by the seasons versus the old Carrie who used to plan out her whole year and all her launch schedules and make it really, (laughs) really beautifully laid out on the calendar and then just collapse under the pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think that short fuse system has, to stay in the survival pattern, you have to keep overriding the information and then you have to amp up somehow to get energy back in. Right. And so that it creates that real feast and famine, or as we've talked about, like your foot on the gas and the brake at the same time, mm-hmm. which is really, really hard to be sustainable and regenerative in, which is, I know something that you 
it still makes me go, oh, when you say the, the, the break in the, or the gas in the break, I'm like, oh, I like, I can still feel that rhythm in my it body. It feels so awful in, in yeah. our inner body. But I think what's so beautiful about like this new way of leadership um, and, and even just the ways that your, your leadership subtly has shifted, right. Is there's, there's a different invitation to all of you to come to the table. Like you said, like, what are my little people inside me? Like, what do my, what, you know, what's my inner child say? What are my little parts say? You know, what is the mom in me say? What is the, you know, boss lady, like all of these different kind of characters or aspects of ourselves, like having space and time to listen to them because we're safe is unbelievable self-leadership. And I think something that we don't recognize leadership coming from that place of self-relationship first as being the most important thing. It's something for me that has spurred my own study of leadership and my own growth as a leader that I didn't want to be someone who could walk on stage and just deliver the most amazing talk or the most amazing thing, and then walk off stage and have to be a different person, Mm. you know? And I experienced that in my own dance career, like enough that like, there was nothing about me going deeper into this level of teaching and leadership and spiritual direction. And and that I was like, I'm not going to be that person. I'm not going to be the person who can just like deliver the message, try and change other people's lives, but also then walk back to my life and be like, the fruits of my life are just rotten, rotten, you know? Um, so I'm curious for you, what is, what's the alignment that gets brought forward or what are the places in you that have been welcomed that you didn't think you'd ever have to consider in leadership, (laughs) but it's like, now that's an important part you check in with. Yeah. Oh gosh. That's such a big question to answer. I mean, I think, I think it's just even just a start to say that leadership has become so much more holistic in its definition. Mm. And in general, just like, um, and even the way that I get to explain it to my clients, you know, and people I work with, it's like, instead of, instead of them seeing, I mean, cause you know, I've had a, I've had a, like a, this really interesting relationship with the word leadership. Um, you know, I, I took a marketing class a while back and I was like, I really don't know if I want to talk about leadership because it, I feel like it triggers women. You know, I feel like there's a trigger in there. And, and of course, that was an assumption coming from my own projection, right? Like, I feel triggered, maybe I feel triggered by it. But because leadership has been a word that has been here for so long, it's like, and I love like language. I've studied, I have like certified in ontology of language. So I, I like really pay attention to languaging and how this word has been around and how it's been used and how it's been um you know, sort of colonized too, right? Like into this like really intense, hard hitting, outward facing um, identity. That if we're a leader, we have to hold that. And that's why I was afraid for women to hear that word when it came to me speaking to them, because, you know, I I just, I was afraid that they would get scared away of like, oh, that feels like a lot. You know, it feels like I have to sacrifice myself for that, or it feels like I have to give myself up for that or put myself second. There's all these different funny contexts that leadership is held. Yeah. And so um, I took a little time this year to like actually write on my, on my Instagram posts, like I, I, it was called leadership redefined to just actually create new context so that I don't have to abandon the word, but actually recreate it. Yeah. And what I spoke to a lot in there, as far as was like my own experience was just like how, you know, softening, 
you know, softening and moving slower and actually honoring the sustainability mm. of, of how our bodies, like what our bodies need in order to show up. Yeah. That's really important for women in particular, because yeah. we have such complex systems. You know, I'm not saying men don't count or they don't have complex systems. You know, they do. Of course, we're all human. We all have weird systems. We're, humans are weird. But, <laughs> but with women, you know, and, and childbearing and hormones and like, you know, and, and the fact that we don't produce testosterone, you know, on the levels we do, yet we're expected by society to operate as if we do. And yeah. we're just resting on our adrenals and ruining our thyroids and all the things. And so I think there's been a really big shift for me on a personal level to see how leadership seeps into every single aspect of how I treat people, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, how, how I choose things, right? Like it doesn't have to be this outward facing thing, like stay at home mothers, especially single mothers to me are some of the most powerful leaders on the planet. Seriously. I mean, cause I've experienced it and it's freaking hard. <laughs> it's hard. Um, and you know, some people it's like not hard, right? Like it's, it's really like, but either whatever way you slice it, you have to have like so much presence to really allow your children to be the sovereign beings they are. Mm. And, and I, I guess that's sort of the translation of how it's really shaped my work is just like this idea of how do I put the power back into my client's hands? And this is something I really took away from working with you because I think power as a facilitator or a healer, it can be really, really seductive to be the person who has the answers and the fix for that person. But then the codependency that that produces for them and the need for them to come back, not just to you, but like to more coaching programs and more of this and more of that, like the, and it's just like this weird infiltration of there's not, ne- it's never enough. Like that entered into the, this industry of healing. Yeah. And so it's really, for me, it's like the redefinition of, oh, I'm enough every day. I'm enough for where I'm at. Yeah. And I think that is the biggest, like, takeaway from my own personal leadership. That was a big roundabout explanation, but it was I amazing to process it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the enoughness, if we're enough, then we're all reaching the potential and the capacity yeah. for our leadership in some way. Right. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. And I think, you know, resourcing and paying attention to capacity is, you know, something that we've worked with and that I talk a lot about in that place. And I think one of the reasons why leadership, motherhood, entrepreneurship, we could call a lot of different things out right here, but I think why so many women hold themselves back is because we don't know we can work with that fundamental permission to move from our capacity Mm. and our resourcing, right? And so we, we have been taught to move from comparison and we've been taught to override our own needs, our own voice, our own desires. Yeah. And you know, the idea that, yeah, it's just, it's not, no matter what we're doing, you know, to the biggest person selling bestseller, sell it, you know, it's still not enough. Mm -hmm. Right. They've got to slay the next goal. They've got to hack the next da 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 da. We've got to make it more efficient and more effective. And I just, I've been paying attention to some of those places that industry is driving us. Right. And I just think if that were going to change the world, it would have done it. 
by now. We would see a different world if hacking things and moving faster and doing more and pushing ourselves with self-violence and motivating from these places and setting goal after goal after goal and always going for more. If that was going to do it, it would have done it. And I'm not saying we need to settle for less, but I think that how do we get into a calibration that's appropriate for our vision? Yeah. Well, it's so interesting because I agree with everything you say and (laughs) about all that. That was what was so, um, I feel like disarming for me about this work is I was like, oh, this, this isn't just like another thing we're doing to like get people into their potential, right? It's like, this is actually (laughs) like some real deep stuff right here around like, how do we heal even in the ways that we've learned to support our quote unquote growth, right? The indoctrinations of threat that live in this place. Right. And I mean, I've experienced it. I have been that teacher, you know, I mean, on a super humble level, I, I, you know, I, I look back at sometimes and I'm just like, oh my God, I, can't believe I did that. <laughs> you know, to the, me too. Like, me too. Of course, it's our learning path, and we are all human, but we're we're all learning in a right. We're all learning this particular context. And when I found this work, I was like, ah, oh, this is this is how that heals. And it's mm-hmm. like as we're evolving, God, to just adapt to to, to the world right now, <laughs> which is that alone is just taxing our nervous system on a daily basis, you know, just like the, the massive time of change we're living in, that this actually has the potential to take us out of the self-realization movement and into the whole, because if we're not protecting ourselves all the time by making sure that we're growing and getting what we need, then <laughs> we can come out of that protection and say, hey, I can actually still survive and hold hold the humanity of everyone. And I think that's what's missing in politics. I think that's what's missing in in bigger conversations and talk shows and like all of these bigger places where people aren't actually listening to each other. They're just kind of getting to their bottom line so that they can survive, so that they can be the person in charge. They can stay on top. They can continue to feed their family. There's, you know, there's, there's really good reasons people do the things they do. It's not like they're bad people. It's that they're just so scared that like, what if I don't get to provide, you know, like, what if I don't, what if this, what if I have to step down from my pedestal and all of a sudden I'm irrelevant, then like, how do I feed my kids? But if we're all working collectively at this conversation of, hey, we actually all have the potential to live and coexist if we are looking more at survival. I mean, I think you said this, if we all just observed our fawning response and healed our fawning response, it would, it would definitely save the planet, right? Like, we're all just fawning in these funny ways, you know, you know, if you don't know what fawning means, it's just like, we're all kind of giving ourselves over and, and not really living in our truth because we're so afraid that if we're leading with our hearts, then there's not going to be enough for us. It's just the basics of survival are just so embedded in us. It is. And it's, I mean, you've also heard me talk about, like, I think that survival has to get tended. We can't ignore it because when we, it that's what creates the distortion like we're meant to survive like this whole human form is like designed to survive that's what the fight flight freeze response is it's our survival system we and it's gonna win yeah except in the last moment (laughs) right like it wins until the end and that's all but that's 
but also like we can trust that it's going to end. So what that freedom is then is like, okay, what am I trying to survive? And I think so many of the things that we are having to survive are because humans are doing a really poor job of humaning together. And we're forcing people to survive things that they should never, that should never be on the table. Mm. Right. That's huge. And that needs to cease. And then there's a lot of us who are surviving things that are self-imposed because as you say, that place of like my significance or my belonging or my value or my, you know, now it's like all tied up into these distortions through capitalism about who we're supposed to be. Right. And the commodification. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's super interesting. We could talk about that all day. So just it. I just did kind of put a pin in this conversation and, you know, you and I can always talk for hours together, but what I know is like, what do you see as like the important, um, I'm going to say trends and I don't mean to get trendy, but I just mean like patterns, like the important patterns or trends that you're noticing in the coaching world that are not leading us towards this greater holism, this opening of humanity that you, yeah, that your work is, is building a bridge for. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the big ones is like, like the fast food with my Julio Laya, one of my teachers called the fast food, uh, learning leadership, <laughs> right. It's like, okay, I'm sitting to Like I had this great breakthrough. I'm going to go get, um, a certification and then I'm just going to like take in information and regurgitate it so I can sell this and do something that feels really good for me. Right. And I'm, I'm never discouraging people's passion or their desire to be coaches. I'm not like coming from judgment here. Mm-hmm. It's more just the, the, the rush. It's like, the dismissal of the mastery, you know, and mastery was something that I really learned on a deeper level from my, um, my teacher, Scott Cody. And I really appreciate that he brought that into my first interpretation of learning in this industry, because um, I, he even made us read the book mastery by George Leonard, which is a great book. Um, But it's for me, I think if we are really taking responsibility for the competency we're holding and trusting wisdom at the pace that the wisdom is evolving and really holding humility of like, here's where I really am. Mm -hmm. Right. That's so scary because there's so much proving and a lot of performing in this Mm -hmm. industry of like, because you, you have to sell it. Right. And it's, it's never been an easy thing to sell healing or to sell guidance or, or growth. It's because like, you know, unless you're pinning a value on it of like, I can get you to five, 5 million clients, or I can get you to this many followers or this much money, which trust me, you can never guarantee. Cause I've signed up for those programs and I don't, <laughs> I, I did not experience that speed of success. Right. Cause we're, we're coming from these subjective bodies with our own socio historical, like reference you know we have our own experience of life and if we're if we're attaching like oh here's what I do and here's like a timeline and a and a way you get sorry and a way you get it then we're not actually being like like you said this morning right like responsive to where people's growth actually are and so that's something I see is like the speed of like wanting to jump in and just do it and have it work and rise quickly and make the money. Um, there's nothing wrong intrinsically with that, but it's really just paying attention to like, 
are people really like when you get a certification called like I am now a master certified coach, what does that mean? <laughs> right? Like how, what does it mean? Does it, that mean that you like, you like spend a few months in a program? Like I think mastery is a lifetime, right? But also wisdom comes from experience and, and working with human beings, boy, that takes a lot of practice. <laughs> and I'm still practicing and still learning after 12 years and still humbled by how much I have left to learn, right? And it's just holding that context, you know, of like, not moving so fast that you're moving past where the people you're serving actually are mm. or that promising and then sort of wounding that person in some way, because then it's like you gave a guarantee of some sort and then they walk away without their guarantee and they feel like they're the failure. Yeah. Right. Like in some way, because you like that person has to hold face and be like, well, we did the program. Did you do the work? You know? <laughs> right. So there, those are some of the things like just that come off the the top of my head. I think, um, I think we've really, I love the art of mentorship, you know, as you know, <laughs> I, I really love, I really love to learn and take my time and observe. And I think it's really important that we always credit where we learn things. Um, because I think, you know, not to say that, like, we're always going to know exactly where something came from, but, you know, like, watering down like to playing the telephone game <laughs> of like oh this I learned this thing here and so now I'm going to piecemeal it together with this other thing and I'm going to call it my own but not having any like actual reference to how that came about it's sort of this like re repeating the cycle of appropriation in these funny ways right in this industry of like not honoring people who have like taught and learned this or and then again, you know, like you you said too, like that, this is like, these are indigenous practices that we're bringing forward. It's not like nobody owns this, right? But, but to just credit like where things are coming from, how you're learning them. I feel like that sort of takes out the, a lot of the ego too, of like, this is my method. This mm -hmm. is my thing. Mm -hmm. um, not that there's anything wrong with creating a method, but there's something funny for me in like, owning this work versus, Agreed. you know, yeah. versus like, oh yeah, there's things that I've learned and I've gathered some wisdom and I've practiced and I would love to guide you on this, you know, and just, I've also been learning like big lessons around, around what I promise, <laughs> you know, just like really like even in the enrollment conversations, like how I've, I've had so many teachers tell me how to do enrollment and close and all these things. Right. And just like, wow, just like coming out of that spiral of like, I can, I have to be so careful of how I set that up so that I am not promising, like this isn't a sale to somebody promising them they're going to walk away a certain way. It's going to take as long as it's going to take. It's going to go as deep as it's going to go. And it's going to be different for every single person. And so, yeah, it's a quandary. And like, how do I enroll clients? even though my clients, I, they, they are expanding in such beautiful, big ways. You know what I asked them to do? Like, Hey, you want to talk about your experience? It's like, yeah, like I feel my body. And, you know, I just like, I never knew how I could love myself. Like, you know, I'm like, yeah. And like, see, that's the, that's the thing that's so funny is this industry. It's like, people don't quite understand that value. And I think that's what needs to change. Well, because too. it obsesses a culture with what's quantifiable. 
Yeah, true. Right. And so, you know, I was just saying this morning um, too, like you'll never hear me talk about how much money my clients have made because I've worked with me or how many clients they've brought in or these things. And not that that's not happening, but I'm not going to give that quantifiable data because I'm not going to privilege living in that. Right. Because yeah. I think setting an expectation for someone to it, then it, saying that that matters more than the fact that you learn to sit with yourself and breathe and be in love. And yeah. to me, like they're, they don't need to be pitted against each other. But if I only continue in my invitation towards people into the work to be like, this is going to get you now. Yes, it can get you. And yes, if you want those things, and I'll talk about those things that we may be feeling like we're lacking. Right. But I think like there's an invitation here to, for us not to privilege the quantifiable, right. Mm -hmm. To not maybe, maybe not privileges. So like we're, but not to not create a hierarchy to be like, it is as important that you learned to feel yourself as it is that you brought in a new client. Like those things are, they can at least be equal, (laughs) but for me, and I, and I, and I know this is, this has been interesting sort of working with you of like unpacking some of those trends and some of those, um, assumptions of the coaching world of like, this is how you have to do a closing and this is what you're going to do. And for us then to kind of back that into like, well, what is the nervous system saying here? Like what's actually happening at a deeper level? And then like, oh, is this a trend I actually want to continue with? And I think that for me is what is really important when we look at becoming a neurowise leader. It's not that we go, this is how I have to do it. This is the rule for being wise in my nervous system as a leader. But it's like, how do I test and listen and pay attention to what I'm doing in relationship to what the information my nervous system is giving me? So can I hold this in a way that's truthful? Yeah, beautiful. That's And that's exactly just how you said that right now. <laughs> can I hold that? That's what I'm kind of speaking to, like when I speak about mastery. Like, I don't yeah. think anybody, everyone has a starting point, right? Yeah. I'm definitely not saying like people shouldn't start doing their work in healing when they want, when they're called to do that. Um, and that they have to be like in it for 12 years, right. To like be great at it or anything like that. It's more of like, are you like, is there a place in which you know how to hold yourself so that you can be that space to create that change? And are you like, are you feeling like, is that grounded and anchored in something true inside yourself? Well, and I think what's beautiful about coming from that invitation is then we don't, we're we're not trying to prove something with the work. We just lead where we are at the time. So I'm all about take that modality and start leading, Mm -hmm. right? But that is the first step. But when you lead from exactly where you are in mastery right now, that mastery can keep growing rather than you either setting yourself up to pedestal yourself, which guess what? It just hurts to fall down there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or, or you have like, to, or you have to like hide so that you right? don't expose or like, you know, the imposter just takes over. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like either you pedestal yourself and the imposter is like always whispering in your voice about how you're just a fraud or mm-hmm. you don't do anything. You pretend that you're putting it out there while holding it all so close that you can't get any clients. You can't start the work. Right. right. It's proving to you then that you're not ready and you're not good enough and that you should just go back to your nine to five or whatever it is. And I think the other option, <laughs> the option that, you know, we work with as neurowise leaders is like, start where you are, but lead where you are at. Yes. Yeah. Right? So we don't have to have false claims that you're going to get $5 million if you do my program. Yeah. Right. Cause somebody could do your beginning program and get $5 million 
program and somebody could do your advanced program and they don't make any money because again, we have to be responsive to what is set in the nervous system in front of us, right? So I just love all of this. I think, yes. So we're going to be collaborating on some things in the future for leaders. And I think that'll be fun to sort of see what we create and, and, and what comes for and everything. Because yeah, I just love riffing with you on all of these things. And I love what you bring forward in the work. Um, but I think what I love the most is your just your own dedication to your family and to your own integrity and to your healing. Um, and it just has been such a pleasure to watch you and your family really dive into this and the changes and the growth and the beauty that's come forward. Yeah. It's really cool too, that you got to work with my husband a little bit <laughs> because it's really like, expanded. Like the breadth <laughs> of like, you know, all the work that I can do because he, he like gets it now, you know, um, but yeah. And I just want to complete by just, you know, all right, we're both talking, but go ahead, go ahead. Oh yeah. I was going to just complete by saying how, um, yeah, just how profound, um, this out and how life-changing that this has been. And, and I feel like a baby, right? Like it's been two years. I feel like a little infant still <laughs> learning. So there's like, wow, well, so much left to go. But, um, but at the same time, it's like we were talking about, right? Like it's enough to, to like go forward in such a powerful way. And I do really feel like evolution, um, I really feel like evolution really anchored that in such a beautiful way. And I want to share one little thing, which was when we had our closing call for evolution. This was so profound for me that, you know, at the end you did sort of this like um, sharing, like we did this sharing of like our experience and every other program I had been in, there had been this like energy before I was going to share of like, oh, I need to say something profound or, or, oh, I really hope Alicia mentions me, you know, or like, if not you, but like the, the, the teacher, right. I hope the teacher mentions me and says something great about me. I just like all those places where, you know, those programs produce sort of that feeling of like, oh, I hope I was seen here. I hope that I was important. Um, and I, I really need to be recognized because that person's important and they need to recognize me. Right. But when I was in your closing, it was like, oh my God, none of that energy was there. It was just like this beautiful communion of so much gratitude of the work. It was like the work really stood on its own. And it's like, we all sort of like fell into the beautiful background uh, into this like soup that is like cooking the alchemy of this work. I don't know if I can say that any differently. It was kind of boo-boo, but, um, but like, I definitely felt such a difference in being in that program as a group um just so much sovereignty so much freedom to be in my own experience while being held by this group so I feel like you did that masterfully and I just had to mention that because I know that you're rolling out another and I I think god anybody would be so lucky to have this experience especially if they've been through a lot of programs to just heal in by being in this program and in the way you hold the container is a whole teaching. <laughs> a whole thing. And it's one of the reasons why last week in um, the Regulate Masterclass series that I wanted to start talking about regulating with the system of your business or the field of your business, because what you're talking about is the evidence of how I work myself mm-hmm. every day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's some work behind that. <laughs> beauty of that is, is that because we create such a a synergy and a co-regulation in the container, because I'm regulating through the business, through the system, through the the curriculum, Mm -hmm. uh, 
call evolution, I'm not centering myself um, as some <laughs> something. <laughs> we yeah. center the work. Yes, exactly. And we center the work. And, and I am so honored and grateful and humbled to get to be a teacher and a leader and a vessel and a channel of it. I, it delights me. I mean, it just tickles me pink that this is my job. Um, but it's, um, yeah, we, we don't live from that place in that hierarchy. So it's really the work seeing you. And I, and, and then when I get to be the gaze of that in our one-to-ones, it's beautiful, but yeah, yes. you said it's not a method, it's a mission. <laughs> I was like, that's the first t-shirt we're printing. <laughs> Cause it's true. It's really about the revolution and the it, evolution. <laughs> it is so good. All right, my love, we're going to cut it there, but I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for being here. And I'm sure we'll do many more in different podcast versions, conversations and things in the future. So I love you so much. Thank you for your work. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for, obviously, thank you for yours. (laughs) I'm so grateful. Very good.